Hey y'all, it's your sister, Jessie Wu, and you're listening to The Sweet Podcast. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to another episode of The Sweet Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Wanda, the founder of Linea Sweet and your host for tonight. So, New Year, we're still celebrating Haitian Independence Day, in my opinion. We're celebrating the whole month, so I would like to say, you know, happy Haitian Independence Month. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So we're still celebrating our New Year and our independence, so shout out to everyone that's been waving those flags and have the Haitian um, hashtag trending because we're just the bomb like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a very, very special guest with us tonight, as you can kind of already hear a humming and singing <laughs> in the background from <laughs> her Instagram comedy clips to the newest member of Love & Hip Hop Miami, welcome your Haitian sister-in-chief, Jessie <laughs> Wu. Sister! <laughs> it is me. <laughs> so how are you doing today? Thank you, thank you. You I'm made time good. for me. I know, right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it now, sis, because if I we don't do it now... It ain't gonna I feel like too. from the time we originally talked about doing yeah. this to now, your schedule has been getting like yeah. crazier and yeah. crazier, and it was already crazy. Yeah, it's gonna get worse. Oh my gosh! So, but, for, but for good reason. I ain't complaining, but yeah. I was gonna say we always talk about we want to be busy and we get busy. Yeah. We're like busy doing me. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think like now I don't even know like what's what dummy is sometimes like even if I don't have to be somewhere like it's like I'm always still working in my mind yeah like I'm always up working 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 so but then again women do me too so Girl. when I find time to really do me and if I can really relax myself oh I'm out of there I'm and gone. you're in two different places right now you're yeah. back and forth from Miami yeah, New York and so that's like yeah. you're on the plane a lot just all trying the time. to yeah all the that's time. normally when I sleep you're like when do you sleep on these flights yeah on the flights yeah. <laughs> on the flights yeah. so before we get into this interview let me give you guys a little background on Jesse Wu. If you don't know who Jesse is, and I you obviously haven't been on social media. Yeah. So comedian and host. And I realized that we never mentioned singer. So I'm gonna make sure I say comedian, yes. host, and singer. <laughs> Jesse got her start in, in in entertainment, creating and producing her own content on social media. After being laid off from her first job, no, from your job in New York, the Florida International University University graduate took her imagination to Instagram as a way to keep depression at bay and wound up bringing joy to legions of followers. Today, the Miami native has become a highly sought-after television personality. She was recently named co-host of Twitter's new live streaming series, Power Star Live, produced by Will Packer Media. She also serves as a host and writer for BET Digital, D, BET Digital Break, Whoa, BET <laughs> Digital BET Break breaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Back to Life, mm-hmm. and it's featured on season two of VH1 Love and Hip Hop. Yes. So you've been a really busy body in I'm one busy. year. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't realize I've been at BET since 2017. Oh, okay. So okay. I've been there since September 2017. Uh, started out doing BT Break, still do it. Then they have a, a show called Set Trippin' where we get to go visit movie sets and yeah. television sets, and I did that as well. And now I have a show called Black to Life, which is also on their digital platform, where we go around and we ask white people about black culture. Nice. And it's funny. You know, of I can course only they, imagine. You know, the blunts, they get a lot of things wrong. But it's so much funnier, actually, when they get things right because they're so excited.
excited when they get it right. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously I have stuff brewing with, you know, Will Packer Media. That's something I've been sitting on for a long time. Yeah, but that's and like, that's still in a short period of yeah, time yeah, from yeah, when yeah. we were first introduced to the oh, yeah. C-staring oh, yeah, sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, because I think I read somewhere you really started, like really, really started with the Jesse Wu brand, mm-hmm. May twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was twenty seventeen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So technically, you know, that's not was even sh- two years in yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we get into you know where you are right now, let's talk about how you got here. Yeah. So you're from? I mean, I'm from Miami, Florida. Like I went to Sable Palm Elementary. I went to. What was my middle school again? Sable Palm. Isn't that Brown Oaks? No, Sable Brown? Palm Elementary is in Miami. Oh, okay. It's in North Miami, North Miami Beach. Went to Holland Oaks and spent some time at JFK over the summers, you know, for summer school because my mom was like, So I would be at JFK during the summer and then I went to Microcrop for high school. Then I went to Florida International for my bachelor's and my master's degree. Yes, with brains. So, A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, people don't, but I always say it. And yeah. I even put it in my bio. Uh, I have degrees. <laughs> don't let it fool you. I have degrees. And also, but while I was doing that, I was also singing. So I had... While I was in school, I had one foot in school, one foot in the studio. You know, my siblings are here. They can tell you I've been hustling a long time for music, and it just wasn't working out. Like, I've heard myself on the radio here, Mm. had songs taken from me. They were on the radio. You know what I mean? And it just wasn't working out. I was just running into too many roadblocks here. So by the time I was like, uh, oh, my God, this summer will make three Three years since I had I made my move to Brooklyn. When I got my master's 2016, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna move to Brooklyn. I'm gonna see what happens in New York. See what you know. See what it has to offer me. Earlier that year, I was a wild and out girl on MTV's Wild and Out. That's how I was introduced to you. So when I first yeah. heard about Jesse Wu, someone else actually mm-hmm. DM'd us, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, you guys should feature this girl. She's on the Nick Cannon show, mm-hmm. and she's Haitian. I went on your page, and I think you had a bunch of pictures at the time with yeah. Nick, and you were on the show. Yeah. So I was like. Okay, cool. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so what, what is a Nick Cannon girl? Like, she just danced? All right, cool. Right. We'll feature right. her, you know, as a Haitian girl on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was a Wild Now girl, but when I auditioned for Wild Now, I auditioned telling jokes. And ah. I made Nick Cannon laugh, but his people didn't feel that I, I had enough of a following. Mm-hmm. You know, now everything is followers it's mm-hmm. not even it's not even more so talent which sucks because there's so many people who are extremely more talented than a lot of the people who have a lot of followers so around that time they wasn't trying to feature me because I only had like 3,000 followers at the time so they were like well since you had good chemistry in you know your audition will make you a wild and out girl so what did you go for what was your intentions on to that be show? A comedian to do comedy that okay. was my intention to be okay. a comedian so then you know they dumbed me down to a wild and out girl when I get there, there was another roadblock. It was, well, you don't have as many followers as these girls over here. You're not exotic like these girls over here. Mm. And all those girls over there were the girls that were lighter, brighter. I was going to say, what is millions. exotic exactly? Right, exactly. Because I thought just being black. Black was, <laughs> I always thought that too. I always thought being black was the I meaning of exotic. I exotic even came but, from. you know, from black it's crazy when you hear, black and I'm telling you, but it's crazy when you hear a black woman telling you that you're not exotic. 
someone who looks like you Man, telling you you're not exotic. When they say that, who are they talking about? They're talking about the industry says you're not exotic or... You're not exotic. You're not the standard for what they're trying to put on their show. Mm. So you're not exotic for what they're putting. The image that they have is, you know, for them exotic is the foreign, the Hispanic, you know, it's like the girls, the traditional black girl with the traditional black features, you're not up there. That's crazy. So they would put our pictures up and put our followers up, you know, the number of our following up and I would always be at the bottom of the barrel. So I didn't really even get that many that many uh, that much airtime. Right. There's like 16 episodes in one season and I only got like four episodes. Wow. You know what I mean? And I remember one time I was given a speaking role and they took it away and they gave it to they gave it to Tori Bricks oh. at the time. Tori Bricks was huge. huge. I mean, she still yeah. has millions, but you know, she was like the it girl at the time, and you know, they wanted to give it to her because she had more the you know more the following, and she was exotic. So that was my experience with that. So once that happened, we were in LA, and even though my experience there was not what I anticipated it to be. I just knew, like, I was not going to stay in Miami by the end of 2016. I was like, I'm not staying here. I'm either going to go to L.A. or I'm going to go to New York. But I'm Miami. But where was Nick Cannon being taped? In New York? It was in L.A. In L.A.? Okay. Yeah, Wild Night was being taped in L.A. that season. It was season eight. Okay. So I was trying to move to L.A. It just wasn't working. People out there were just really, really funny. And my mom was like, you know, Los Angeles, you know. It's all the way, five It's five hours, you know, away for the flight. And I was like, you know, my aunt. Fifi up there, she, well, Fiddling her, her name. She, was, she would always tell me, Jesse, come come to New York. She, why you don't come to New York? You, you, you want to be TV? Come to New York. <laughs> and so when I told her, I was like, Tati, can I come to New York? She was like, I've been telling you for years to come to New York. Yeah. So I went to New York. <laughs> that first year was trash. A like, year. That first year and like, because I moved in the summertime. Yeah, that first year was trash. So I was like, um is this the right decision? Like, I don't know. I had moved into my own place. Right when I moved into my own place, I lose my job. I'm depressed. And that's how the Instagram leg of my career took off. So you're having a bad day. You're like, at this time, how many followers do you have? Like 4,000. 4,000 followers. You get on Instagram and your first clip is about... I did like two. I did like, I want to say I did one where... I talked about how I had got my mom a Mother's Day gift. She had asked me for an iPad, but I didn't I didn't have money for an iPad, so I sent her an Amazon um what's the Amazon thing? Yeah. Whatever it was. And she was like, I don't want a tablet. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I did that and it was cute. Then I did another one. I can't remember what it was. But then my third one was the McDonald's video. And that's, that's the, the one, one that remember. took off. Like, yeah. That took off like a wildfire. And around that time, you know, I was in Brooklyn. Yeah. And there's just something about Brooklyn where the people in Brooklyn embraced me so quick. Like they attached themselves to my, to, to, to my, to my content so quick. And it just caused me to be... 
very like a staple in New York really really quick in in the community in the Haitian content creating community and you know once I got Brooklyn it was so easy to all right now Miami started following me and now you know it just kind of kept spreading from there okay so you're in Brooklyn mm -hmm. you're starting to pop you literally have taken and flipped the whole Instagram thing mm -hmm. into a full secure, mm -hmm. <laughs> secure your valise brand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're doing comedy now and you're doing it in Creole. Was that intentional or because that one hit, you figured, let me keep doing it in Creole? Or did you plan um, that? I, honestly, it was because I felt like I wasn't seeing any girls. I felt like it was a boys club. Mm. And I felt like, you know what? I can balance the two. I can do the English and the Creole. Then it's like I started kind of leaning more on the Creole and the the Patois English, you know, and I just felt like people really embraced that because, number one, I was a girl. Mm -hmm. And you were seeing so many men dressing up as women, so many men having their vision of what a woman was. And I'm like, well, I'm a woman, and I don't agree with any of this shit that y'all niggas be saying. Like, can I curse? <laughs> Well, you didn't care. You okay, well, okay, well, sorry. No, but I don't, agree, yeah, no, but I don't agree with anything. <laughs> like, my siblings, I have, I have a potty mouth. Like, um, <laughs> shut up. Um, but, um, yo, I'm like, I don't agree with nothing that y'all are saying. This is not how my mom, maybe that's how your mom acts. That's not how my mom acts. That's not how my mom dresses. I'm going to represent what I feel caters to myself and my friends. And so I feel that when people started seeing that, they embraced it because they weren't seeing it a lot. Yeah. They weren't seeing it a lot. So it was definitely intentional. But then I I feel like it did stagger me a lot because then when I would break into English, it's, oh, she's fake. She's this, she's that. And it's like, y'all niggas didn't know that. <laughs> like, yeah, because I've seen a lot of comments about... Fake accent. Yeah, it's People like, like, well, that's a fake accent. Like, right. why does she have to do this accent? And mind you, English is my third language. Yeah, literally, like my first language is French. My second from, language. You were born. In I was born in Canada. Canada. My okay. first language is French. Second language Creole. Third language is English. Yeah. And it just, it bothers me when I see people that are Haitian leaving those comments because it's like, okay, sis, like, really. A lot of y'all went to Esau. Like, hello. Girl, let me not talk about let's, Esau. Let, let, let's, let's not even act like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not fake. It's that I was able to learn English very, very well. But I still didn't forget how to speak Creole. I still didn't forget how to speak my slang with my family. That's how we talk to each other all the time. If you hear me and my mom speak, that's how we speak to each other. You hear yeah. me? My cousins, my aunt, that's how we speak to each other. And I've always loved that. I've always been proud of that. And, you know, anybody who don't like it, um, you can... Um... <laughs> Mom can't bowl out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now Instagram has taken off. We blink. You're on BET. Yeah. So how did that happen? That was, honestly, I lost my job May. I got to BET in September. But it was like four of the longest months of my life looking for work. I was going to say, girl, when you ain't getting, looking, a, you ain't getting a paycheck. Yo, looking for work. <laughs> I'm on unemployment. I'm on food stamps. I am dep I am going through it. I didn't tell nobody that I was going through what I was going through because I just felt like I decided to come here. Nobody mm -hmm. told me to come here. 
So I'm going to figure it out, you know, but it was hard. And it's crazy because the job that I got fired from, I would go in there crying like, God, please, like, I need a job in television. I cannot do this anymore. Like, get me out of here. I would be going to acting classes. And it just was like, oh, my God, like, this seems like a scam because nothing's happening, you know. And then one day I show up to work and they're like, you know what? We don't really like you in the office. You know, it was mostly white people in the office. And, you know, I came in there looking for a job. It was a job placement uh agency and I came in there looking for a job and they're like no we'd love for you to work here and I'm like well you know I have a master's like I'm trying to do this and a third well can you be a a, a receptionist for six months Oy. six months and then we'll move you up to recruiting whatever I'm like okay the six Receptionist months comes New York I'm that telling you really I'm pay that much well it paid great and New York really? New York pays great it paid great it didn't pay like great but I mean yeah. it was like $17 an hour. That's pretty decent. You from, know what I mean? To be a receptionist. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, mind you, we'd get bonuses. Like, it was pretty good. But I was using human resources and recruiting skills. And I'm like, listen, uh, I'm seeing little Susan and them come in here straight off of Starbucks cashier. And they going straight into recruiting. My black ass comes in here. I got to prove to you that I can read. I got to prove to you that I can be organized. Like, don't play me. Six months came out, like, excuse me, where is the promotion? I'm ready. And all of a sudden it was, oh, people don't like you in the office. We're going to let you go. That's how that happened. You weren't in there tripping, Jesse? No, honestly, I wasn't. Honestly, I wasn't. It just was like, bro, I'm not going to be doing this forever with y'all. Like, six months came, it was. Where, where is that? Oh, give us a little while. Then after that, it was, oh, we noticed that you did Oh, we noticed that. And oh, it, it was predominant. Exactly. And it's you, predom- didn't, you, know, you, you know how you don't get the warnings? Because they're supposed to give you a warning, but you never got them. But now you're just in trouble. <laughs> Point. Really. Really. You know? And then, like I said, it was just, it was a predominantly white office. It's like, it's things like, you know, white women coming up to you and asking you, oh, Wow, your hair wasn't like that yesterday. Oh my god! And then you're like looking at them like, yo, the hair thing used to be it for me when I like when I worked in corporate America, the hair thing used to be like it it became a thing in my office like because I used to work in an office where I was the only black person yeah. there as well. Yeah. And I used to switch my hair so much. Yeah. I used to send them for a loop. Yeah. And I never knew like it was a, you know how you don't even know this is a thing because right, no right, one right, tell right. you it's a thing. Right. Right. Until right. someone gets brave enough right. to go listen. We've all been talking, and we've just been wondering, how do you change your hair right, so much? Right. Like, what, how do you guys do right, that? Like, right. are those wigs? Right, right. And, but for me, I just felt like it kind of became like, I felt like a, a pet in a, like an animal in a zoo. <laughs> it was like, listen, guys, how many times are we going to have this conversation? Like, seriously, you know, like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, like, so if that's tripping, yeah, that was me. I was like, okay, um... I done told y'all this is a weave already. Let's let's move on to more educational, more informative conversations. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how that happened. And literally struggling, like looking for jobs. I was going to interview after interview after interview, not landing anything. And finally, you know, but my Instagram was doing very well. And um, one of my friends who used to be on Wild and Out with me knew a producer at BET. And she invited me to meet with her about, like, this comedy show idea. Mm -hmm. It's like a sketch comedy show. 
And I go there and we're just, it's an other people who are going to be a part of the show. We're like jotting down ideas. I'm giving out my ideas. And I didn't know my future boss was sitting in the room. And literally like two weeks later, she DM'd me, my, Tanya Hoffler, she DM'd me. And she's like, I've been looking for you, but nobody in the meeting that I knew had your number. And someone sent me a video of you. Her her brother's wife, who's Haitian, wow, sent her a video and was like, do you guys do any like Caribbean stuff? You guys need to check this girl out. And she's like, that's the girl from the meeting. I've been looking for her. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was looking for a host. So that's how I got to BT. So you're on BET, you're doing your thing, you know, like you're posting that you've you got a valise now, you're not unemployed anymore, and then we start seeing you with Mona. Mm-hmm. So I think like right then and there, people kind of figure like, is she going to, like, what is she doing mm-hmm. with Mona? Like you posting, you have Viacom, mm-hmm. and it's like, what's going on there? Because I know immediately I was like, yeah, something... Mm-hmm. I was like, something's happening. So what's she doing hanging out with Mona so well, much? How, well, the thing is, Mona had, I didn't know, but she was she had been following me for a while because she's Haitian, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I later learned from just meeting her family, like, her whole family was like, yo, you need to reach out to this girl. Reach out to this girl. Reach out to this girl. But um, she had left me a couple comments, and then I went live one day. She was commenting in my live, like, yeah, we're going to secure the values together or whatever. And yeah, because that was one of the things you would do. Yeah. Like, that's part of what you would do on your live streams, yes. your weekly live streams. Mm-hmm. You would go on live mm-hmm. and you would talk. If people don't know, Simona Scott Young is the founder of mm-hmm. the whole enterprise, you know, Love and Hip Hop, mm-hmm. um, founder of Mona Me Productions, Haitian American, like basically one of the top women in, you know, black women in entertainment Even right now. Even before that, she was a top industry music executive. Right, she was an exec, Violated. she managed, like, all these art. A lot of people didn't even know she had a lot to do with, mm-hmm. you know, Violator. Miss Busta Elliot, Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. Yeah. yeah, so Mona's been doing her thing. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of people know her more, you know, from yeah. Love and Hip Hop. Yeah. So she, you're hanging out Mm-hmm. You know, with Mona. Well, I didn't hang out with her yet. No, you're doing your live, your yeah. weekly show, and mm-hmm. you're talking about the show every week. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when you were doing the show, you were literally calling her out. I was. I would, I would be dragging her all yeah. the time. I'd be, like, <laughs> I'd be like, increase the budget, Mona. The pericure, pericure You know, God is not pleased with you. Like, I would be dragging her ass, and she loved it. But unbeknownst to me, but she loved it. And um, I remember I met Shaft, who used to manage Cardi B. Yeah, Shaft reached out to me because I had did like a, like a, a cute um, Bodak Yellow video, and he reached out to me. He was like, you know, we talked about me, he him managing me, but that didn't pan out because he was just so busy at the time. And yeah, I just felt like okay, this ain't gonna work. But we're still really, really good, really, really cool. Shaft is also Haitian. Yeah, he's Haitian too. Yeah. And so um, he reached out to me and we met. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned Mona first or he did, but I was like, yeah, you know, she she leaves me comments all the time. I think she I think she knows who I am. He's like, Mona? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, hold on. He calls her. And he's like, yo, Mona, guess who I'm with? And he's like, who? And he's like, Jesse. She's like, Jesse Wu. I was like, oh. Shit, she know me by my last name too. Okay. <laughs> and so she's like, put her on the phone. I get on the phone and she's like, So, wanna do love and hip hop? That was her first question to me. Wow. She's like, you know, do you sing? Do you do I see you sing? I see you sing on your page. Like, do you, what you wanna do? Do you wanna do the show? I'm like, uh, I did that, that, that. Okay. <laughs> you know, so this was even before before I even before anybody even knew Love and Hip Hop Miami was coming out. Cause yeah. I assumed because I was staying in 
Jersey at the time, but I would just be doing New York. Yeah. But she was like, no, you're going to Miami. Like, I kicked and screamed the whole way here. I was like, I do not want to do Miami. I hate Miami. I left Miami for a reason. I hate it. And she's like, I don't care. You're like, doing that's what's it. available. You're doing you Miami. You want this check or that's not. That's it. Yeah, so. So, so yeah. at the time, based on where your brand is, mm-hmm. why did you agree to do Love & Hip Hop? Like, you didn't have any... Reservations, like what? I had the... mad reservations because yeah. obviously I, I, I really built a good. I'm building a good brand at this point, and it's very, um, very sister. You know, right. very women friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know the show is known for the cat fights. You know, what I'm saying, and the dragging, and then of course. Shoot, I got to consider the fact that I don't want to do anything crazy and I got other people trying to, you know, come, you know, I might mess up my chances with other things. Other brands. mm -hmm. Right. So I'm like, of course I had reservations, but I feel that, you know, people who always down the show, it's like, honestly, if you were, most of them, if you were given the opportunity, you would do it. You know, it's good for visibility. Love and hip hop is one of the, probably the second biggest reality show franchise Mm -hmm. you know it's right up there with real housewives you know what i mean so it's like why not do it and a lot of people don't know that i can sing you know it's good it's a good platform for people who have a musical talent so why not take my chances with that Mm -hmm. so yeah i had reservations but i do feel that all in all even though sometimes i'm like (laughs) and the experience was (laughs) but still i do feel like it was a good decision Okay, so before we even get into the you know the, the full blown love and hip hop topic, mm-hmm. I want to take it back a little bit and talk because you just mentioned being women friendly. Mm-hmm. So sister talk. Mm-hmm. So that was also something in that you were branding yourself with mm-hmm. and doing before even yeah. announcing, and people knew like you were gonna go that direction, yeah. right? So what made you decide to do sister talk? Because you not only do, do the events, you yeah. do the weekly, yeah, um, my life, IG live, yeah, yeah. I think that it's just good because it. You get to spend time with people who support you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that a lot of people who have a huge following or a lot of, a, a huge platform, they don't really allow you in like that, but I understand why. Because people really feel like they could come at you any sort of way. People say anything about you, you know, so they kind of take your kindness for weakness. So I understand why a lot of people don't allow people in, but I'm just really, really, I like to interact with people. That's something I've always liked to do, even though people can get on my last nerves, but I've always liked to interact with people and make them feel like, you know, I'm not just this robot on Instagram. Like I'm a human being. I have feelings. I go through things just like you, you know, I'd like to hear what you're going through and with that platform with Sister Talk Live, like it's been a way for me to open myself up, but also let people open themselves up to me. And I kid you not, like every time I've had a live, like it's always lit. My lives are always lit. Yeah. <laughs> I see like, how many views you yeah, get. Yeah, I mean they're lit. And then like you know the questions, that the 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 concerns. Oh, you guys talk about we, a lot of crazy yo. We talk about stuff. everything. Yeah, we I remember about I came everything. in one day and I was like, oh. Yeah, and I just walk in. We're talking about anything. <laughs> no topic is, you know, and and then you know there are the topics like you know uh, breast cancer or mm-hmm. fibroids or yeah. you know 
suicide. Like, we talk about everything. And then when I do the events, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. there's always people leaving in tears. Like, people always leaving in tears. People are like, please do it again. Please. Like, it's always a great time. It's it's. I feel like you have to have things like that, especially if you're trying to be, you know, a uh, personality or, you know, if you're trying to go into, if you're trying to be a media mogul, like, look at people like Oprah. Like, that's that's why people still love Oprah and will never yeah, stop loving Oprah. Of course. Because she created a platform for, that's women-friendly, men respect it, men enjoy it, but it's, women are her target. And you feel connected. Yeah, you feel, you feel a feel connection. Con- you feel a sisterhood. Right. Because for you, yeah. you could have just stuck to what you were doing and just yeah. focused 100% on Jesse. Mm-hmm. You didn't really need to do this. Nope. You don't have to go on here every week and do yeah. what you do, but you yeah. do it anyways. Right. You know, right. so it, it's, it's a matter of, okay, you opening up yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to these people in this way. Right. And I realized one of the other things that happened, and you can see it from your social media, mm-hmm. you work with a lot of brands and a lot I of do. them being some um, black owned mm-hmm. companies and Haitian a lot of them Haitian owned, women owned, mm-hmm. um, you know, companies. Mm-hmm. And what I love about how you do that is a lot of times you can't even tell you're selling a product, mm-hmm. right? Because you know how the most mm-hmm. of the stuff, the fashion over whatever, is yep. normally like, you know, like, yeah. this is a paid yeah. thing. This yeah. is, they're getting paid for this. But you normally do it to where you kind of include it yeah. um, in something that, you right. know, you're it's currently organic. doing. Yeah. And that's what I like. And that's why I, I always, if you notice, I always partner with the same brands, especially like the ones who are Haitian-owned because... I believe in them, like Creole Sans. I believe in Creole Sans. I love Love what she does. She's amazing. I love it. You know, I I use Creole Sans on my skin, my hair. Now, I use it for makeup primer. You know, like I use it everywhere. You know what I mean? So I'm always going to support. And I've I've seen people say things like, oh, she don't do. Like I've seen comments, like even sometimes when you post me, like, oh, she don't do nothing for the community. Like, (laughs) do you know what happens when I even post? A company, like that's why the, those brands always come back to me. They're like, we can we can we keep working with you because like people go to them, they yeah. flock to them. Like that is a service, and you're getting like multiple different demographics. Yes, and, like yeah, white people that who yeah. did oh that real masquerade thing you said. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like hello, you know. So of course I, I I'm gonna continue to do that definitely. But then I have. More companies that are coming at me, like BH Cosmetics. Yeah, or, I was gonna ask you, what you know, is the top company you think like you really like right now? You're like, oh, this I want to work with this oh, particular brand. I have beauty companies that are coming to me a lot, so I definitely want to take that more seriously because yeah. I want to have my own beauty company one day. Uh, I think like the day Mac comes to me, I'll probably fall out. <laughs> like I love Mac. I'm a Mac girl. Like I name myself after a Mac lipstick. Wow. Yeah, because I was on the Jesse Woo. Yeah, it's Ruby Woo. Oh. Ruby Woo. Everybody knows Ruby Woo. Like, that's their staple red lipstick. And oh, I used to mix. Really? <laughs> I used you see, I ain't no makeup girl. Girl, I, I love it. I used go. to mix Ruby Woo with <laughs> other stuff. And I was like, oh my God, that's the Jesse Woo. And that's where I got that name from. Oh, nice. That's a nice little fun fact. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You didn't know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how I got the name. Jessie. So you're very vocal, mm-hmm. very, what's the word? Is raunchy a good word? Is that a politically correct word? What's, what's, I feel what's like a I'm nice not raunchy word? enough. Not, you're not raunchy enough. I feel like when I partner like with my girl, like like Weezy, for instance, and we do Zozo Talk, 
You come out on Yo, like, if you come to the show, you're like, okay, Jess ain't really about that life. Like, and I always tell y'all I ain't about that life. Because I'm like, you got Zozo talk. You got, what's the one when you rolling I up on I think that I'm vulgar. Vul- that's the word. I'm okay, vulgar. I was like, what word do we use? Yeah. So, I'm okay. very vulgar. So you're very vulgar. Yes. You're very opinionated. And yes. you're loud with everything that yes. you do. Do you worry, like, this will affect, like, future brands working with you because Mm-mm. of that? No, because I, I don't feel that... I mean, of course, there's things that, that I've said that will rub people the wrong way, but who doesn't rub people the wrong way? You know what I mean? Especially when you're a public figure or you're in the public eye. Like, who doesn't rub people the wrong way? You know what I mean? But I feel that um, I know that there are just certain boundaries I would never cross. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not worried about brands saying they wouldn't work with me, no. Okay, so that's not an experience you've had where people are like, Jesse, tone it down. No, no. As a matter of fact, like, Yo, I've had meetings with people with, with with companies you wouldn't even believe, like who want me to create content. You know, like that's my next thing is like to really focus on creating content that surrounds my vulgar, my vulgarness. Because when you listen to it, even like with my Zozo appointment jokes, you know, or all that, it's like there's always a message in that which is like, don't take no shit. Like you don't take, don't let these men play you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm vulgar about it, but when you listen to it, it's like, yeah, like, step your cookies up. You know what I mean? Like, don't be catching the train for no Zozo. You know what I'm saying? Make that man come pick you up, a senior Hoover, and not no damn Hoover pool. And I'm, a solo Hoover. You I'm know what happy I mean? you like, said that. So I can't, you know, of course, I can't keep up with everything you do. I don't get to catch your stuff all the time. But yeah. I always, like, look at the comments and stuff. Like, when we post you what people were saying, I look yeah. at the comments of what people are saying. And that's one of the things I hear the guys say. And we'll get into the guys mm-hmm. in a little bit. But they always say, why do you guys support a girl that, you know, is telling all these girls to just, you know, date guys for money and do mm-hmm. this and do that? Mm-hmm. And, and then talking about Zozo all the time. Like, mm-hmm. how, why is that something that you guys are even promoting? Mm-hmm. Well, the so thing for is, people that like me that don't listen every week and everything yeah. else, you're saying there's always another message. I guess right. people are just taking exactly. Okay, people have selective hearing. Obviously, everybody doesn't have you know good listening skills, and of course, you know the thing is with the men. It's funny to me because men sit on online and talk so much trash about women. They disrespect us everywhere, online in their songs, the way they act, and here's me telling girls to not take your disrespect in a vulgar yet joking manner. And, oh, it's a problem. It's a, it's a problem. Like, grow some balls, okay? <laughs> grow some balls. Put some money in your account. If you want to date a woman, you need to spend money. Hello. If you want to have a girl, you need to be able to take her out. You need to have a car. The fuck? Like, why, why, am I, why, why are we having to catch trains? We have to catch trains to go to work. We have to catch trains to go to our doctor's appointments. We got to catch trains to go run errands. Why am I catching the train to spend time with you as my man? No. But then it comes with the same thing. I've heard guys say, women always talk about how independent you are. Right. But then you want us to take care of everything. Correct. So what do you say Correct. to that? A queen still needs her king. Okay. Hello? Okay. A queen still needs her king. Okay. And any man who negates that is not a man. Any man who ever tries to make you feel as though you should not want to be taken care of is a man who is missing a testicle. I am sorry. I will never be apologetic <laughs> about it. I will never I will never be be lenient on y'all about that because at the end of the day I've seen good men. Like I've seen men break their backs 
for for the women that they love and they value and they cherish and set a good example for their daughters who are watching the way they they treat their mothers. Mm. And I've seen the other side and I'm team this side. And so I'm always going to tell whoever's following me to go here. That's so it. basically, ain't nothing changing. That's it. You're not taking Don't your like foot off it, the net. Don't like it, unfollow, block, do what you gotta do, <laughs> spam, do what you gotta do. But I'm still gonna have my message and it's not gonna change. Period. <laughs> so Love and Hip Hop Season 2 mm-hmm. recently premiered. We were at your um, premiere party, which was amazing. You had a nice crowd in there. Yeah. Like, People were really losing their minds. Yeah, like, like, good. W- like watching that, I was like, wow, like you really, your fans like really, they were really in there like they were your family. Yeah. Your family. I don't like too. to call them fans. But I call them my tribe. No, they were definitely in there like they were like yeah. legit. This family. was like a room full of family mm-hmm. members that was there for your premiere. Yeah. So you also had, like I said, your family was there. Yeah. And one of the things I didn't realize until seeing the first episode, your whole family was kind of sort of mm-hmm. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So why did you make the decision to do that? Mm-hmm. Did you have to get them to do it? Like was it hard to get them to do it? Was it hard to get y'all to do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> to be, I mean, the thing is, like, God blessed me with very talented siblings. Like, you know, people to up. Uh, <laughs> what they laughing at? Except one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no, but um, he, God blessed me with very talented siblings. And, um, you know, we've always been very jokey musically inclined like like we're, we've always been entertaining to one another like even today we spend the day together and it's like it's always nothing but laughs like we love being around each other we have our moments but you know like today we're in the car and they're like yo we had to survive jesse they was making fun of me <laughs> <laughs> surviving jesse but that's another podcast brother. but um it it wasn't hard to tell them to do it with me because i just feel like you know if I'm going to put anybody on first, it's going to be my siblings. Nice. Like, it's so many people that be reaching out to me. It's like, no, 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 no. Jeremy, John, Joni. That's first. They come first. And that's how it's always going to be. And until I'm able to put them somewhere, then, I, then I'll, you know, look at anybody else. But family first. Family first. And they always going to ride for me. Like, nobody else does. They love me. They know who I am. They know how I am. They know my heart. So it's it, it wasn't hard to get them to do that. And As you, a matter of fact, it was it was a great experience. Whenever they could be included, it was great. No, it was nice. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. You know, your whole family was, and then yeah. you got, and they were at the church scene. They were at the church. You know, Joni, Joni was, was sitting right next to me. Yeah, she's in her, you yeah. know, robe. John singing. was in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy couldn't come that day, but Jeremy and I shot, a scene hopefully it, it it will air i don't have control over that yeah but even in the second episode joni's there with me in a podcast you know she's right next to me and i'm talking about how talented she is like yeah that's what it's supposed to be you're supposed to put your family on first absolutely i'm a yeah. big you know me if people know me i'm team family that's like it. where you see me you see my family siblings. that's yeah. it that's <laughs> so it. your mom was also yes. on the show now that i know dang well there's no way i would be able to do that yeah so yeah how yeah did yeah, you yeah get that to happen <laughs> because my mom my mom Mom too. Listen, my family, they, listen, they think they celebrities already, okay? <laughs> so it really wasn't that hard. My mom was acting up that day, though, but I think... <laughs> the day of the taping? Yes, it's like, I'm like, Mom, we can't, you, can't do, you can't do it. 
and not put on makeup. And she looked way better than me. The person who did my makeup that day went overboard, but my mom looks so great. And, she, and, you know, she don't care about her hair. And I was like, Mom, we have to put a mushwa. We have to, <laughs> come on, like, we, I can't have you on there looking crazy. And I didn't see nobody drag my mom. So no, that was like, like, the internet loved your mom. They, they loved, loved Mama Woo. They love her more than they love me. And that to me was a testament to how great my mom was on there and just how great no, she was. No, I saw period. people commenting saying, Thank you so much, Jesse, for making sure mommy looked good. Yeah, she looked mommy good. Look better than you know, and we spoke Creole, but they didn't show it. You know, it's yeah, more, they it's more popular to show Hispanic speaking Spanish than Haitian speaking Creole. But we made but sure we with snuck. That? They couldn't have got the captions together. Because I, I, I was watching a clip know. the other day on somewhere, I don't know where I saw it. But they were translating or they just added a caption to your whatever you were saying. Mm-hmm. And it was a few words that was not it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, come on, yo. It's 2019. Like, you could call me. If you want <laughs> If you want a translation, you can easily call me and ask me. Or you can ask somebody who speaks Creole. So it's like, but you know, that's how, you know, that's something that still needs to be worked on. Which is, you know, Creole being spoken on television. Haitians being seen on television. And getting a certain level of respect that other races don't get. Other heritage you know other backgrounds don't get but um it was great to have them on it and you know that was the first time that you ever saw that on love and hip-hop yeah. you know somebody's parent who is in, an evangelist preaching and then Lower their child leading worship like you never saw that on love and hip-hop before and was that hard to convince them to do um no because i had mona so uh, it wasn't hard yeah it wasn't hard maybe it was hard for her but i knew that she was behind it so yeah, because that was one of the things you kept on saying during your premiere. You mm-hmm. said you want to make sure that you represent the culture to mm-hmm. the best of your ability. Yeah. Like, that's very important to you. Like, you want to make sure that you did the culture proud. Like, yeah, you yeah, did yeah. the Haitian community yeah. proud. So your intro is you at church. You're talking yeah. about your job, talking about your work, and mm-hmm. how you've started from here to there. Yeah. So first episode, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. Second episode. Yes, Jesse's still Haitian. <laughs> and she will episode. box you upside your head. She's throwing bodies already, <laughs> sis. So let's talk about that. Let me tell you something. Um, I, I said this over and over again. I'm going to say it again. If you check my history, when Love and Hip Hop came out and El Negro was on there and talking about, you know, how she's Who's black. Who's El Negro? El Negro was on there talking about how she's proud to be black. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. And, you know, she was talking about colorism and all that. I was like, yes, because you already know our relations with Dominicans. Mm -hmm. So for me to see her own that, it was beautiful. I I was very vocal about that on social media. I even ended up in Latina magazine. I was going to say that, talking about her. I even ended up in Latina magazine as a Haitian girl, Okay. But everybody just isn't what they seem, okay? And going into this, my intention was we're going to be two girls from Hispaniola, you know what I'm saying, kicking it. Like, I was ready to be the sister, you know what I'm saying, with my hermana. Like, I was ready for that. But she wasn't on that. And, um, you know, let me start with the conversation that you saw in there, even... Cause you, I was, was you, that fabricated? Was no, that a real it was real. Story? It was real. What, listen, what happened was this: was that around this time last year, we I was work I worked on a pilot with Trina 
my friend Sandy Coffee, who's here, Julian, who is her manager. And once we finished with the pilot, Julian was, you know, we talked to each other because I didn't have a manager at the time. So he was like, hey, you know, you don't have a manager. I'm like, yeah, I hear you're managing half of the cast. Because he is like he yeah, literally ma- manages yeah. Julian manages half a lot of, of like now it's more than half of the cast. So he's gotten more people. Yes. Scenes? Wow. So I'm like you know okay let's see. It's not like I needed him to get on the show because I was already I had already signed NDAs and everything. So it was just ma- management. So there we finished the pilot and on the last day we finished the pilot. Julian invites me out to lunch. We were here in, in, in Miami, and my boyfriend was with me at the time. So he invites us to lunch. We all go, go to lunch. El Negro's there. Uh, whoever else was oh, there. Jesse. I don't know if it was Julian's girlfriend or whoever. But we're all at the table talking, chit-chatting. I get there. They were there first. I get there, and El Negro's like, oh, who's that with you? I'm like, this is my man. She's like, oh, okay. Every time I would introduce my man to anybody, that was always, it, it was always a, a reaction like, okay, because he was really good looking. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we're talking, and then Julian says, hey, Jess, can we step away for a minute? I'm like, okay, cool. This is the table we're at. There's a bar right there. We get up from the table, I go to the bar, I can still see the table, and I still see my boyfriend sitting there. Literally, like, three minutes later, he's, like, huffing and puffing, and he goes and he sits at the end of the bar by himself, so he doesn't interrupt me and Julian. So I'm like, what the, what is happening? I'm still talking, wrapping things up with Julian, so as we're wrapping things up, I kind of forget that I even saw whatever, but then my boyfriend comes, we're leaving, order uber the uber we're we're walking to the uber he's like yo that amara bitch she's fucking crazy like she was asking me how long i've been with you i'm like all right and he was like yeah and then she started asking me like interrogating ass questions like have i ever cheated on you would i cheat on you if i had the opportunity i'm like huh what why why are you asking him these questions period number one number two I was right there. I was right over across the room. Why you couldn't wait till I came back to ask these questions to me? Because I'm. This is. We've only seen each other a couple times at this point. So, what is your point in asking him these questions? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like about to turn the, the fuck around to go back upstairs and check her. My man was like, "Don't worry about it. She's just looking for a fucking storyline. There's no other reason why she would be asking that." And around that time something similar had happened with another one of Julian's um, clients, um, Brittany Taylor. She was, like, online exposing her. She's like, yeah, Amara, she looking for a storyline. She was in my man's DM. And and she called Amara. She called El Negro on the phone. El Negro didn't know she was recording her. And um, at first she tried to deny it. And then she's like, I saw the DMs. Like, you were at my man's house. Oh, no, no, no. I just needed, my, me and my mom needed a place to stay. So I'm like, okay, so this, this is like a thing with this girl what? here. Like, you know, this is like a weird thing with this girl where you're, you're searching for something. You're searching for beef and you're going to find it, okay? And so I think that when, you, when we go to the scene on the show, if you pay attention when the scene starts off, she's coming in I'm like, sister! Yeah. Like, I'm very cheery, you know, and I wasn't met with that. There would even be comments like I, I I started off with girl, so you know like I supported you, you know like whenever we see each other we were cool, we would DM each other like you DM me how much you love me, like so I'm like 
why would you ask my man that question when I left the so table? So this was truly it the was first true... time you've ever exactly. brought this up to her Exactly. Since? Okay. But the thing is, this is this is why I, I, I see people really hate reality television. They cut so much of that conversation No, it looked out. like there was a lot of chopping yeah. happening because it escalated quick. So quick. Everyone that even talked to me about it, it was like, wait, that escalated. It was so quick to where you kind of got lost into, wait, what just happened? What, they were, what happened? They were friends and what happened? Right. What did she say? If you wait, see her, when you see her thrown? coming in, I'm literally like, sister. Yeah. Like, I'm greeting her. I'm like, how are you? What and you see, I'm even playfully asking her, like, why did you feel comfortable to, you know, so. Right. And even before she gets there, if you notice, when me and JoJo are talking, I mentioned I mentioned to, jo- to JoJo my sister talk brunch, and I'm like, you know, you, things with you and and Tip were getting heated. I'm like, you know, drinks off for drinking, not throwing. Yeah, that's something that came out of my mouth. So I didn't go there with intentions of doing that. Yeah, because from your brunch thing with JoJo to that meeting, it was weird because it seems like when you did the brunch thing. You guys seemed like you were cool. But when she was sitting next to Amara, it was like exactly. she was very totally agitated with different. you. And you guys hadn't totally, even like started talking. Totally. So. Like they so cut, do you think that was intentional? Like, I, do you think that I they, believe that they got together and, t- and talked to each other before they met up with me, which is something a lot of people do. Hmm. The problem was at that time, this is my... This was like my like probably like my third time taping, so I'm still getting to know the process or whatever. Yeah. But that was a big mistake on my part to go there alone. alone to yeah. go there alone because they were literally like, like when I was talking to Mar, I was like, you know, Amari, like you know, like I stood up for you, like you know, like me being Haitian, you Dominican, like so you know, this people all were went down yes. during the taping, so they I'm cut like, all that. They, they cut, cut all that. that off. Okay. And when I said that to her, she was like, so what? People get dragged all the time. Like these are mm. these were the type of responses she was giving me. Because that's not what and was shown. And I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, that's not what was I know shown. That's not they, what, from the time she walked in to when she got up to when the the drinks was thrown on mm-hmm. you to you. It was a bottle, this perfect. It really made it's, it's, it look like you were an antagonist. You were the angry was, one. You right. came, like you right. came in very upset about your man. And then I think one of the things like everyone was saying, because I went back and I watched it, I was like, I have to talk to you, so let me watch this again. Because mm-hmm. I saw everyone saying, but she apologized. Why didn't you let it go, sis? Mm-hmm. She apologized, but she was lying. She was lying. She was saying that I took him to a meeting when I didn't. I didn't take him to a meeting. You asked him that when I left. I saw it happen. I didn't hear what you said, but I saw his mannerisms. You made him feel uncomfortable. So I don't accept bullshit apologies like when a uh, when an apology is full of shit i don't accept that and so it's like for me it's like you know what we both know what you did i'm advising you not to let it happen again that was that it that was followed up with i'm gonna do whatever i want to do yeah if that's the energy you're gonna give me cool following that your friend throws a drink at me for no reason yeah so even from then it's like okay you went from I want to have this image. I want to tell my real story. I didn't come mm-hmm. on here for drama. The second episode, you're mm-hmm. in drama. Mm-hmm. You're already looking like the angry mm-hmm. one. And then all the future clips that they've shown so far mm-hmm. is of you being upset. Mm-hmm. So what is that about? Well, you just have to tune in and see. But basically, even in that scene, we didn't just talk about what happened at the lunch when she asked my man an, an inappropriate question once I left the table. Mm-hmm. We talked about Sister Talk Live. Like, you know, her manager was doing a lot of shady shit around the time when we were courting each other for management. 
So I brought that up to her. I was like, listen, like, I've been doing Sister Talk Live for a while. We shoot this pilot. Next thing you know, I see you do a pilot for your booze and talk. You know what I'm saying? So wait, it's what? like, <laughs> wait, what? So I'm like, wait a minute now. Like, so I'm like, you know, it just seemed kind of. And so as I was saying that to her, she's like, oh, yes. Yeah, bring up my girl talk. Thanks for the free promo. Like, that's what she was saying to me. Like, they cut off mm. so much shit. And it's like, wow. But being that you know, we all know. Why? I mean, I watch reality television. So I I'm not going to try to sit here and act like I don't. I don't. I do. I watch various different yeah. reality shows. And I need to, like, not yeah. think and unwind. So one of the things about reality shows, that's it. You tape and you never really know what's going to get edited exactly. or what direction they're going to take your brand. Exactly. Like following the show, Amara and um, one of the other cast members did a live mm -hmm. and she talked about how she don't want no problems, she don't want no beef, she don't know why you're so angry. And like, you know, they were going on and on where she was still appearing to be like, I just right. want to be sisters. Mind you, if you went to why my life, I'm playing a recording. sisters with me? Right. Why, but when you, go, when you go to my life, I'm playing a recording of her and JoJo, which was taken before that meeting, where they were planning on jumping me. So you have that recording. Yes. I played it on my live. Mm. It's muffled, but it's, it's on my live. You can make out the words. So I have a recording of you saying that. On top of that, the girl was just talking so much shit about me to to people who had nothing to do with the show. I could play you recordings of that too. Like she had a makeup artist she was working on. You know, she has, a, there's a movie um, out right now with Chris Stokes who's a very well-known child molester. That's your first movie. There was a makeup artist that was on the movie set that she didn't know I grew up with. And she was talking mad junk about me. Mind you, you can't show me anywhere where I've talked anything negative about this girl until this show. Mm. And even in these last two episodes, what have I said that's really negative other yeah. than she said, you know, but then you see her, you know, intentionally messing up my name. You know, you see her lying about, oh, I, she took him to my, that's not true. I didn't take anybody to your meeting. We went to lunch. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't like fake shit. I don't like that. And when I look back at it, when everything happened, you can ask my siblings, like, I was upset. Do I want to be on t television throwing bottles? Hell no. I cried about that. I cried for days about that. But now when I relive it, I truly, truly believe that the right person got hit with the bottle. I really do. Because when the receipts start pouring in and when I, when I, when I look back at everything that's happened, Ma, you were talking a lot of shit about somebody who was very supportive about you. You were telling people you was going to beat my ass. Like, I have a, a Haitian, another Haitian makeup artist who, who, who works here in South Florida who, I can't say her name. I, you know, you don't want to throw people yeah. out there. But I have the text messages like, this is what she was saying about you when I was doing her makeup. Like, she said this is her last season and she want to go out on her last season with a bang by beating your ass. Then another but why, makeup but artist. Why you? So this is this is my thing. That's like, my thing. Even that. Why you? Why? Right. Why is the? Well, it looked like she. It appears she might be having beef with other people, mm -hmm. based on the mm -hmm. you know um, preview. So I don't want to say just you, but the whole concept of when we. I'm sure when everybody heard. Jesse Wu is joining Love and Hip Hop Miami. Mm -hmm. So you have this, you know, Amara from last season that was so pro-black and Latina, Afro-Latina. Mm -hmm. You were so supportive. Yeah. We all automatically assume it was going to be the Haitian and Dominican mm -hmm. showing unity and everything. But now, this is now continuing to add to the stereotype right. or the narrative that Haitians and Dominicans can't get along. Right. So what do you say to that? Because you know because it's being talked about on social media. Because that is what is beneficial to her. The black thing for the Latins.
not all black girls. Because for me to be somebody who was supporting you, why would you come at me like that? I never talked and I never said anything negative about you. Why is it that people that know me who have nothing to do with the show know that you have beef with me, that you're telling them that you're going to do this, that, and a third to me? Why? Mm. You know what I'm saying? I really feel as though homegirl was looking for a storyline. What I feel is this, is that she thought that my man was going to end up on the show. Because at the time, her manager was gunning for that. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I was dating somebody who had no place on this show. Because if he was on this show and something pop off... <laughs> and let's... Yeah. I've heard people ask this. Yeah. Is this the guy that you were with yeah, that Shug. you were on the show? Oh, it was Suge? Yeah, it was Suge. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was okay. So, she, so Yeah, he people was... who follow me for a while know that's the only relationship I've been in in the last five years. Like, Okay. So, yeah. So, it was Suge. But I never really showed him off like that. I showed his face here and there, but yeah. I was really careful with showing him off. But basically what happened is I felt that she, think, she thought that he was going to end up on the show. Mm. And that she was going to have another little gunplay and Kiara thing like and, and have another, oh, you know, all these girls, they all these men, they always think that I'm going. Mm. No, that's not going to happen. Because even before the show, it's so funny that she was on that live with Shay because, you know, Francine, she's managed by Julian as well. Mm. Julian had took me and my man out to eat one night and was like, hey... You know Francine, she's been, on, she's been on television for almost 20 years now. You know her role is to, to fight over men. Like, you know, we're looking for something for her to do this season. Can we have her approach your man for the show? So this is really how they do this behind the but scenes. But mind you, you have no business doing this because you're not even a producer, sir. So that's not even your job. But, you know, when you're managing people who don't have nothing. Because even when you look at El Negro... Other than the, the colorism topic last year, what did she have? Mm. There was nothing else that was worth paying attention to. That's why she dragged it all season. And even then he told me, he was like, when Young Hollywood told her what he said in the studio, he said that we knew that he meant it as he was giving her criticism, but... We took advantage of that, and we went and we took the pictures of her with the with the with the with the fist in the mm. air, and we pushed the afro. And I wow. was like, wow. "Wow, mind you, I'm sitting there like, wow." I was one of those people, really like rooting for you, thinking that that was a, a, a something that you dealt with your entire life. That's how you made it seem, and yeah. it wasn't. Wow. When you look back and you look and you look at the first season, you're like, "Damn, why?" everybody angry with this girl why is everybody so confused with this girl it's because that they, when they watched it back that's when they realized that she was they were pushing that entire colorism thing oh not, yeah the whole season yeah, is about not saying that colorism isn't real but that wasn't her plight and her manager told me that and then that same night he asked me he was like can francine can Muppet Baby come on to your man for the show? And me and my man looked at him and said, if you have this girl come on to him for the show, we will jump her on the show. Mm. That's not going to go down. So that's why I, around that time, me and my man, it was like, you know what? We, I can't. I can't do this. Because I knew if, if I let him go into that, it was going to be a shit show. Like, I would be fighting bitches every episode 
because that's what they look for mm-hmm. when they don't when they don't have anything and they're trying to deflect. So you have to think about it too as a viewer. And sometimes I understand the demographic of love and hip hop, but it's only a few smart people that that can put two and two together. Why is it that this girl is such a princess? She's she's America's sweetheart. If you're America's sweetheart, why is everybody gunning for you like that? Well, a lot of people were gonna will say it's jealousy. She blew up. She blah blah why blah. Why is blah, everybody gunning for you? Why is it that you are always everybody's storyline? Why? So it could either be are people really gunning for you, or are you interjecting yourself into everybody's storyline? Mm. How are you finding yourself in everybody's storyline? I really want people to start thinking about that because then when you start thinking about that, you start to realize that there is something there that she wants to deflect from. That's why she always has to find herself in everybody's storyline. What is it that she's trying to deflect? Mm. So So with that even being said, and you saying you had a clear purpose of showing the real you, true you, and showing what it's like being Haitian and you know, the way you work with your brand. But now here we go again. Mm-hmm. Jesse Wu is fighting on love in hip hop already mm-hmm. episode two. Well, so what do you say to the people that feels like now you're also adding to like the negative, the negative stereotype of black women on reality TV? Well, first of all, listen, um, if you watch the scene, I didn't throw the first, I didn't throw the first drink. You know, I didn't go in there. If you really look at it, like we said before, you know, you see me saying, sister, you see me jokingly talking to her. You know, your friend threw a drink at me. And baby, I'm from Dade County, okay? Like, I am from Miami, Dade County. I'm from the 305. If I'm in a heated argument with with two people and one person throws a, a hit at me or somebody throws something at me, everybody in the room going to get it. Like, that's just the bottom line. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not worried about any opportunities. I'm not worried about none of that. I believe whatever's for me is for me. I believe God going to bless me regardless because that was not my heart's intention. My heart's intention was to literally like, yo, like, why you did that, sis? Like, why you waited till I left to ask him that question? Like, come on, sis. Like, we supposed to be here. That's not how we going to get to where we're supposed to be. That was my intention. It didn't go that way. Cool. But... Tell your pet dog, you know what I'm saying? Tell your lap dog not to throw things at people. And here's the thing, is that your lap dog threw something, and then your lap dog ran away behind security. But guess what? A good lap dog always protects their owner. We Jesse Messi. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So you got to make sure you, when you do that, make sure you protect your owner. Okay? Make sure you protect your owner because you left your owner wide open. And that's that on that. I don't regret nothing. I'm from Dade County, 305 all day, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's transition into the community. (laughs) (laughs) Because even with everything we just talked about, because you know the Haitian people watching like, oh, Jesse, no, Jesse, no, Jesse, Man, please. Haitian people watching, please. You know how Haitians get down. We don't play that. We don't play that. So the Haitians do that be in my comment. Oh, my God. Girl, shut up. If it was you, you would have been breaking that Baba and Cool bottle open. Like, what's what's up? So please, give me a break. Bum with. So that do one. you think the community supports you, though? How do you feel about... Um, I feel like I have way more supporters than I do have who are not. I think that the people who don't support go above and beyond 
to 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 show to seem like this community doesn't support me. Mm-hmm. But whenever I say I'm gonna be here, there, they're there. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm say I, I drop a, a, a EP, I'm hey, get music. We Christmas. They listen to it. If I say I'm dropping T-shirt, they buy it. Yeah. If I say I'm speaking at this uh, this uh, uh, engagement, they're there. Your sister so, talk was a lot of Haitians. I ain't realized so many Haitians was in that room. But then you go to New York and it's like, bro, it, I've had white people come to my stuff. And I done talk about white people. I done said white people got, you, I done said a lot of bad things about white people, okay? And they still come. They can take the joke. They can take the joke, you know, but it's my people who always take things so 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 personal and it's like get over it but we are a personal community yeah I say we meaning the community because I I'm I always feel like I'm I always tell people I feel like I'm still a rookie mm-hmm. you know because I grew up more you know Turks Island and maybe a little bit more American than Haitian so I'm always telling people listen I'm a rookie I'm still learning like I'm still trying to figure this stuff out and we are a community that is very we're critical, we're private, yeah. we're personal. Whatever happens behind closed doors happens behind closed doors, Jesse. Don't go telling our business in the yeah, street. Yeah, yes, yeah. we throw bottles. Don't go telling people we throw bottles, Jesse. Like, we're, we're that kind. I tell them. They know we do. <laughs> <Of> community, <laughs> like, we're very personal. Yeah. And one of the things you don't, you're, you're, you're not about that. It's like, no, this is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. and you have fans, you have supporters. So, obviously, a lot of people, like, I like your word, subscribe, mm-hmm. you know, to... Um, who you are within the community. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to the people that's critical of you? Um, I say find a job. Um, <laughs> find something constructive to do with Just your who time. Who Listen. Who <laughs> Listen. Find a job. Find, because here's the thing, is that anybody who is a creator, anybody who is a producer, anybody who is out here putting themselves out there in front of hundreds of thousands of people daily they're not going to sit there and, and criticize me that way. I never see that type of criticize, criticism from anybody that's sitting where I'm sitting mm-hmm. or has sat where I sat or is sitting higher than I'm sitting. It's always from people who are s- totally somewhere else. It's always from people who wish they had the balls to do what we do, which is every day we put ourselves out there to be yeah, criticized. Absolutely. Every day. Every time you publish an article... You, you have to think about the fact that it's going to be somebody who's bored, who has nothing better to do, that's going to try to, oh, well, you should have said this. Oh, yeah, you should have said that. Oh, yeah, well, you, you forgot to put. Meanwhile, what are you doing? What platform do you have? Who have you employed? Like, literally, I've employed. Whenever I have an event, I'm employing somebody. I'm putting money in somebody's pocket. Mm. You know, and that's what I want to continue to do. Like, Sister Talk Live will be, you know, a conference one day. That's what it will be one day, you know? And, and that's employment. That's pouring back into the community. What do you do? What do you do? Could, what, could you even walk a mile in my shoe? When I first started BET, I remember people like, oh, she thinks she all that because she had BET. Let me tell you something. When I first started BET, and, I, and this is the first time I'm ever saying this, when I first started BET, I was getting paid a hundred dollars a day, girl. You're back on that. You're back on I was net. getting paid a hundred dollars a day, right? Mind you, at the time I'm living in the outskirts of of Jersey because I had left Brooklyn. Not gonna say where I was, but I was outskirts. 
where I got to wake up at least 4.30 in the morning to, to order my Uber because my Uber going to take like 20 minutes to get to me. Mm-hmm. Then I got to take that Uber to the nearest train station in the next town. Get on the New Jersey Transit for an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's already like $20 I've already spent. Then I got to get to Penn Station and buy an MTA ticket mm-hmm. to get to work. I tried to do that once and got so lost. Okay. Well, that's, that's living in New York for you. <laughs> but by the time I done spent money on travel and taxes, I'm taking home like $55, $60. So please tell me, could you do that? No. If I knew you, she had Mind you, mind you, when I go to BT, I don't have my script written for me. I got to write my own script. Really? Yeah. The night before. I got to do my own research. I got to make sure that my stories are approved. <sighs> oh, so they have officially made you guys like real reporters report. Not yes. back in the... Because no, no, back no, in the no. day when I was dealing with BT, you, wrote, you just showed up and everything no, was ready uh-uh. to go. I got to... Uh-uh. Oh, so now you're like no. technically a real journalist. You're a reporter. Yeah, you got to yeah. write your own I went to school for that. And write your yeah. own... My bachelor's oh. is in journalism and political science. My, mas- my master's is in mass communications. So I'm writing my own. I got to pitch you my stories, make sure you approve them. Then I got to write my stories. Then I got to find the pictures. So meanwhile, I, so I'm kind of a producer. I'm telling you when in my story to put my pictures and what picture I want. Oh, wow. And in what order I want them. To end up with $55 at the end of all of that. This is when I first started. Okay? Wow. So it's like when I would see people leave me comments, it's like, girl, shut up. You couldn't do what I do. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, you couldn't. So so enjoy being critical online. Let's see how where that gets you with your dreams. Because right now, nobody's paying you to be critical. But I'm getting paid to be unfunny. I'm getting paid to be, you know, whatever it says that you that you that you believe I'm not. My dreams are coming true. I hope the same thing is coming to into fruition for yourself. Cheers. Wow. <laughs> One of the other most I think maybe the most critical, the most controversial story you've been attached to in the community mm-hmm. was the Porter Prince story. Yes. And the cra- I remember the crazy thing about when that whole thing happened. Like I said, I you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my assistant sends it to me and goes, Did you see this? I was mm-hmm. like, what happened? He's like, girl, Jessie is in trouble. People are mad at her. She said something about Porter Prince. And I'm like, what could what how mm-hmm. can you get in trouble talking about, you know, Porter Prince? Yeah. So you you made a statement about Haitian men, what about Haitian men breath smelling like Port au Prince mm-hmm. or something like that? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you tell the story, mm-hmm. but that became a thing and it went on for a very long yeah. time to the point where now I don't know if Haitian men are probably didn't like you prior to that, or they is didn't. this the situation that made them dislike you? But I know now a lot of them don't like mm-hmm. you. So what was the situation with that comment, mm-hmm. and how did you become yeah. so hated over a comment like right. that? Well, you know, earlier we, we mentioned how people have selective hearing, okay? When you listen to the joke, I said, first of all, I was, I was saying I'm going to be at a, at a party. You know, I was like, listen, make sure y'all come in there with fresh breath, fresh breath okay? Some of y'all, the ones who be all up in our face, when we be at these little bottles, the ones who be all in our, our face, y'all be having that hot-ass breath. Y'all be having that Port-au-Prince breath, all right? That was it. Now, granted, you know, 
I guess a lot of Haitians don't know Port-au-Prince is hot because that was the metaphor. Port-au-Prince is a hot place. Your breath being hot. All right, so that went over a lot of people's heads. Cool. But not once did I say Haitian men have Port-au-Prince breath. If I said that, show it to me. Please. I never said that. So your statement when you said Port-au-Prince was a descriptor of how hot it is there? Correct. But why did you choose, why did you choose Port-au-Prince? Because we're talking about bottles. I, I was promoting being at a bottle. I'm ah, Haitian. okay. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm talking about we at a bottle. And a lot of times when you do go to the bottles, the annoying... Haitian dudes who be in your in your in your face be having that freaking babanku breath that like I said all that I said mm. I think I said babanku or or something else that that Haitians like to drink I said Port-au-Prince whatever it just means your breath is hot like that's all it means you know what I'm saying and it's like some people were able to def- de- you know decipher what I, what was being said and then peop- some of the people obviously ran with it but here's the thing is that. I was like, should I apologize? And I was like, yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Did you ever apologize? No, the night it was like two days later, and I was like, um, I think I put up something like, kiss my ass or something like that. I don't know, but because it was just like, because the whole like, I'm like now that I'm hearing this from you and hearing exactly what you said, because I never saw the clips. Mm -hmm. I I I only got. Twitter stuff and yeah, what yeah, yeah, my yeah. assistant said what was being said. Yeah. I never got to see what you said. Yeah. So now that I'm hearing it from you and it's like that's the direction it went. Okay, people from Port-au-Prince or people period that felt like, you know, we don't need no more negative stuff when it comes to the descriptions of Haiti got upset. Mm-hmm. So now with this like we're leaning over to the Kevin Hart and his little situation mm-hmm. what he's going on, what he got going on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think you should have just said apologize to the people who felt like, listen, I'm from Port-au-Prince, that's disrespectful. I don't care what you meant, but that's disrespectful. I literally got on live and I talked about it. I'm like, listen, I've been to Haiti. Like, Haiti's hot. Breath hot. Like, that's what it is. And it's like, you know... So you weren't saying Port-au-Prince is trash and dirty and stuff. I said, I'm there wet. That's what I saw in the comments. No, it's like... You were bashing Port-au-Prince. It's like, really, like... so So basically, I've built my entire platform on being Haitian only just to tear it down? Mm. Like, does that make sense? Like, the thing is that you have to understand that from the beginning of my journey, when it came to jokes and content creating, a lot of people didn't like me, especially the men. And the men that pushed that, 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 um, that notion of me were people who didn't like me. Like, it was like the, the I can't even remember, it was a, this guy, Pastor Joe, he just kept going. And it was like, he kept going, 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 going. But then it's like, I'm like, people are reposting him and all that. But when you go through his page, this is somebody who literally tears down women all the time. Like, you saw when the whole thing happened with I Love You, An, the girl from I Love You, An. Yeah. He made fun of her being a victim of domestic abuse. And he didn't get dragged for that. He literally... Here I am making a generalized joke. No, he made jokes of a particular woman. Wow. Put up pictures of her being battered and made fun of that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody dragged him for that. And so I feel like it's like in our realm, the guys can say whatever. The girls can't. The guys can say the left... I'm looking at the Surviving R. Kelly thing and I'm looking at Mr. 509 or, you know, James and Jonah... 
the things that they've said, the jokes that they've made, yeah. they didn't get dragged for it. Let me have made a joke like that. Let me have said something like, oh, this is how R. Kelly gets girl. Sweetie, sweetie. Let me have did that. You know what would happen to me? Not only would I get help from the Haitian community, I get help from everybody. Of course, of course. Everybody. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm not, all eyes are on me. All eyes are on me. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just feel as though, the, the boys get to say whatever. They get to disrespect us. They get to, to, to make these notions about us that are not true. And the girls giggle because they want to be, they, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's true. I've seen it. I've been at comedy shows with people in our community, and I'm like, and no disrespect to them, but I've been at comedy shows with people. They, they don't even have a routine, bruh. Like, they don't even have a, a structured routine. Mm-hmm. I'm busting my ass trying to get my Haitian Kevin Hart on, and these dudes come out and they just give you whatever. And the girls are like, yo, show, yo, come on. Here I am busting my ass to, to really like, yo, be on like my, my, my Eddie Murphy shit. And it's like, I get, uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, uh, spare me. I said what I said. I'm not sorry about it. What so I it, so do you think it has a lot to do with like the notion of Haitian, well, black women in general. We this already thing of how much we can say, what we're allowed to say, and what we're not allowed to of say. Of course, how vulgar we're allowed to be, who we're supposed to present of ourselves course. as, how we brand ourselves, what we of wear. Course. We already have to deal with all that as black women. So as a Haitian woman and the conventional, you know, Haitian woman, like you, you may curse, but I'm not going on social media cursing. Like, I'm Listen. not doing all of that. Like, the, it's always, uh, how do I represent myself as a woman and things like that? Do mm-hmm. you think that has a lot to do with it, with the fact that as a Haitian woman, it's already it's already been decided on how we're supposed to be perceived, yep. right? So do you think, like, that has a part? Do, people have never seen this before, Jesse. No. Like, no I'm one's the ever first, seen in the Haitian I am community. the first like, of my kind. And the thing is, and I say that proudly because I work my ass to be where I'm at. I work my ass off to be where I'm at. And when I tell you sometimes I log into the internet sometimes, it's heartbreaking. The things I see about myself or the things I see that my siblings would see, my family would see. People don't think, they don't think that I'm a human being. But I've grown tough skin. I've always had tough skin. Like even with Love and Hip Hop, you know, as you watch, you'll see I've been through the fire. I've been through the fire, and because I've been through the fire, I know this ain't nothing to me. Yeah. This ain't nothing. Because I've had a conversation with yeah, you. I've, I've been worried been about you a few fire. times and have said, yeah, Jesse, listen. And, and, but you, you know think what? You I'm need to still going to be, no, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to be me. I know that there's certain boundaries I'll never, ever, I'll never cross. Mm-hmm. Like one thing, you, you've never seen me bash women. You've never seen me bash women. I've only had one time where I said something where women were offended, where I, I, I put something online, I tweeted something like, um, when the whole Drake baby mama thing was happening, and I was, and guys were like dragging her, and I was like, yo, y'all, y'all baby mamas be looking like brown fucking, brown roaches or whatever. And girls was like, and people were like, oh, you calling all black women roaches? I'm like, no, that, I didn't, like, I would never, ever intentionally bash women, especially 
the black woman. Like my family will tell you, if you're not black, I don't even <laughs> like I'm black. Yeah. I'm pro black, black everything. Like, you know what I mean? But I will never bash women. I will never, you know, victim shame. I will never condone violence. Like, even with the bottle throwing, when I got on my live and I said, I don't condone violence. I don't. But I'm a human being. Yeah. I am a human being. I have triggers. One of those triggers is violence. That's one of my triggers. That's something that maybe I need therapy for or something. But I, if, if violence is, if somebody cues violence, that's it. It's, it's going down. That's it. That's all I know. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I will never cross certain lines, but I've got to be me. I've got to talk how I want to talk. Mm-hmm. I have a message, and that message is for a certain group of people. It might not be for everybody, but I'm here to minister to a certain group of people. And it, as long as I do that and I do it well and I do and I feel that I do it to the utmost of my ability and I'm living my God potential, I don't care what nobody has to say. I don't. Sometimes it hurts, but then I always have to remember, oh, I don't care. <laughs> because I'm still working. I'm still doors are still opening for me. God is still gonna bless me. God's favor is still on me. I'm still gonna do what I was born to do, period. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, Haiti, we've had a conversation a few times about yeah. you wanting to do a lot of things in Yes. Haiti. That's major on your plate. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Be a water guy. <laughs> I know. I know. We've talked about it. You, you want to do something major yes. in Haiti 2019. We got to yes. make sure that happens. Yeah. So, I don't know if I've ever heard you say this. Have you? You've been to Haiti before. I've been to Haiti. Okay. So, it's it wouldn't been a be like no first time. trip type situation. No. My okay. mom, I used to go to Haiti all the time. And then, like, when I was a teenager, we did a lot of missions. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so, but I haven't been there in over 10 years. Like, it's been a long time. So, yeah, so the Haiti you would be going to right now is not even the Haiti I remember. Like, yeah. Okay, so 2019. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing is, I, and, and I want people to know, I get offers to go to Haiti all the time. There's a lot of offers I've turned down because I felt like, number one, people would be exploited. Like, I'm never gonna use my name. To exploit people mm. and have people pay an arm and a leg. It, no, I'm never going to use that. Number two, I feel that my first few trips I go to Haiti, they have to be for the community. Yeah, I'm going to go have fun, but I'm not going to go there just for show. And, no, I need to be doing something for the community. So it's Auto, like a comedy show would no, not be your first trip. No, no, mm. All those sisters I talk about, I need to be making sure when I go there that I'm spending time with those girls and I'm talking to those girls and you know I'm I don't want to just go over there and showboat and I'm gone you know what I mean yeah. no like I want to make my presence felt there so a lot of women of course love you inspired by you and everything else what do you say to the people especially like the young girls and I, and I mean there were a lot of like I've 18 year olds like I met at your premiere that literally loves I you I know they were in yeah, high, school, high school I was like, girls I was like they yeah. loved you so what do yeah. you say to these young women that see you as goals I'm not a goal. I tell people that all the time. I'm not a goal. When people be running up to me and stuff, like you could, like my family, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't know. I'm not a goal. Like you can be way better than me. You know, I think that young girls need to figure out what their own goals are and stop looking at other people. 
right now with the age that we're in with social media, it's so hard for them not to do that because they they click online and they see a bunch of images. They see girls living this certain lifestyle. They see girls, you know, being portrayed a certain way and they feel like that's what they have to do too. And that's not true. Like, sis, you don't have to sell hair. I know a lot of people do it and a lot of people are successful, but we do need pharmacists. Yeah. You know, we do need... Uh, uh, scientists, mm-hmm. we need a Haitian girl on the moon. Like we haven't had that yet, sis. Like you know, so don't make somebody else's. You don't know what this person is going through. Yeah. You don't know, and God has given you your own gifts, your own purpose. You need to be sure that you're communicating with the Lord about what the Lord wants you to do with your life. So would you say Jesse will have made it? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> What is your I made it moment? I think my I made it moment will be, I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. I think my my, my I made it moment will be when I am content. Mm. I'm not content. Like I have a lot. Of, I have a long way to go. This is nothing. Yeah. So I don't. I don't get excited about nothing. People always like, "Oh, are you excited?" No. Like I don't get excited about nothing because I'm not content. I feel like I feel like I bloomed. I took so long to bloom, and so now I'm. I'm finally just getting a taste. I'm like at the hem of. The, I'm at the hem of his garments, just trying to. You know what I mean? So it's like no. Um, I think my mate. I made it moment will be when I'm content. When I can finally say, you know what? All right. I, I did. I did it. I, I still don't know what it is. So, what is next for Jesse Wu? Man, um, honestly, this is gonna be a crazy year for me. I'm definitely still gonna focus on Sister Talk Live. You know, this year I'm being more mindful about the subject matter for every different city. You know, we're gonna talk about mental health. We're gonna talk about sexual wellness. We're gonna talk about you know, assault. We're going to talk about a lot of different things that I've dealt with and I feel like a lot of girls in our community need to deal with. I'm going to have therapists, psychiatrists, like doctors come out and show us how to clean our boo-boo correctly. Like, just stuff like that. Like, I want to talk about all that stuff. And music is there too. I have a lot of great music that I haven't put out yet, but it's coming. You know, For the people that don't know and may have missed, you dropped some music in Christmas. I did. Tell it us did how good. to get to that. It's in my link. All my stuff is in my uh, my bio on Instagram. So a Merry Woo Christmas is still there. You can go listen to it. Um, and of course, you know, I have different shows that I'm doing, different platforms. You know, um, I'm going to be working with one of the biggest African-American Hollywood producers like in the game. And that's Will Packer. I'm Haitian. Like, yeah. this is not supposed to be happening. I don't got no, you know, I don't have no official training. Like, and this is happening for me. And that's God. You know, I I can't be, ugh, this is all God. So, you know, I just see great things in 2019. I'm going to be focused on my valleys <laughs> and nothing else. Well, no matter what, one thing's for sure, there will not be a lot of sleep no. in 2019 no. for Jesse Wu. No. But there'll be a whole lot of greatness. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jesse. This Thank has you. been amazing. Thanks. Thank you for saving some of these answers for Lino Sweet, the Sweet Podcast. Yes. You know, we're always rallying behind you. We try to support you and thank make sure, you. you know, we're highlighting and the I work thank you for that. that, you know, you're doing. Mm-hmm. So congratulations Thanks. on everything from where you've been to where you are now. Yeah. And 
and who you continue to be. Yeah. So congratulations on everything. Thanks. <laughs> um, cheers. 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 Hold on. Wait, wait. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> to 2019. <laughs> and since, like I always say, people, we don't talk enough about your singing. Yeah. Leave us with something. Leave us. Leave us with a little something. Just a little something. Lila Bibu, Puye Shakshu, Puye Shakshu, Puye Shakshu. Lila Bibu, Puye Shakshu, Euva Gandhi. Jesse Wu. <laughs>